Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast. On today's episode, we are heading to Utah to talk to Bennett Maxwell. Bennett is an entrepreneur, investor, and the owner of Dirty Dough Franchises. So Bennett, welcome to the RV. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, uh, I'm excited to be here. Yes, and I'm super happy to go to Utah. It's my first time <laughs> in Utah. Bennett, you were living in California and decided to move back to Utah. Utah is famous for its national parks and the Sundance Film Festival. So mm -hmm. what do you like the most about your city? Um. Man, there's just there's so many outdoor things to do, which is which is really nice. You're in in Utah Valley. That's what kind of where I'm at. You're right between I don't know five minutes from the mountains and and five minutes from the lake. So kind of right in the middle. Um, you could go up the mountains to do in the summer. You could do like mountain biking in the winter. Obviously, you're skiing and snowboarding. Um, but anyways, lot, lots of hiking trails around everywhere, and then. Yeah, the water sports are, are also big, wakeboarding and all of that uh, out on the lake and tubing. If you've ever tried that, you get pulled around in a in a boat on a tube and you just tell you hit a big wave and you get launched. <laughs> But that's that's how I grew up and it was it was fun. So I'm excited for my kids now to uh, be able to start experiencing some of that because we've been in California really since they were born. So mm -hmm. I think they will. Anyway. The beach or not? Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll still miss the beach. So we're going to have to make some trips out there still. So yes, it sounds very good. And can you tell us about your background and upbringing, please? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I uh, yeah grew up here in Utah. I was the seventh of nine kids. So I grew up in a big family, seven boys. So we were just always uh, wrestling and playing, playing sports. So anyways, super fun. At our early age, um, I started kind of my entrepreneurship career. The first go at it was uh, buying candy bars at Costco and selling them at the elementary school. <laughs> so we, we, put, we were trying to do it inside the school. They told us we couldn't do that. So and then we moved to the corner outside of the school and put a little blanket down. But I probably ate half of the candy. Um, so I don't know if it was ever, <laughs> ever profitable. But that was kind of my first go at it. And then in middle school, so a few years later, I was knocking doors um, and selling lawn aeration. So when they come through and aerate your lawn, you know, so it could breathe or whatever they do. But I was doing the kind of the cells and just knocking the doors on it. Um, so that's kind of what I started. And then getting into sports to be able to pay for sports, because I was always in in high school. The three that I got into pretty heavily were rugby, wrestling and football. So each one through, through the through the different season, well, you have to go sell stuff to, to, to pay. Either you pay them money or you sell stuff and that pays for your sports. So I would always go and, and sell things. So it was either it was actually cookie dough that we would sell or like uh, discount cards. 
but I was always uh, very successful in, in doing that because, you know, I, that, that's how I, that's how I paid for everything, but it kind of taught me this, you know, this, you know, cold knocking, um, knocking on some random person's door and, you know, asking them for money. So anyways, it's, it's a little nerve wracking, but once you get used to it you're like, okay, cool. I could, you know, some people like it, some people don't, but you learn to handle objections. And so anyways, that was, that was really helpful for me. And then I started selling knives for a company called Cutco. So like, you know, they're like $2,000 kitchen knives and I was 18 years old. I didn't know what I was doing, but anyways, and then I got into like the door-to-door more door-to-door sales. And that's really big here in Utah. They have you move out for four or five months. They get you while you're in college and they say, Hey, in four or five months, we'll get you, you know, give you a job with the potential to earn enough money that you don't have to work during school and you can pay for all of your schooling, your housing and things like that. So I'm like, cool, let's go do that. So I was doing pest control, started building teams. Um, my first summer as a manager. So my, I mean, my first summer, I just kind of knocked doors for two months. My second summer as a manager, I brought out 40 guys. We all moved to North Carolina for a few years and, and we sold pest control there. So that was a, it, it was a journey. It was fun though. Anyways. And then we went to uh, security systems, started selling those and then solar. Um, and that's kind of right after solar is when I jumped into cookies. So that's kind of where, where we're at now. Wow. You jumped from solar to cookies. And- yeah, big, a big jump. <laughs> Big term. And Bennett, you define yourself as a visionary. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So Dirty Dough Cookies, um, it's a cookie franchise. And I saw a few other cookie franchises taking off, um, but I didn't, I guess, love their model. So we had to change a lot of the model to decrease cost, decrease labor. Uh, And we started franchising in December. So five, six months ago. We only have one store open right now. We have, but we've sold 60 stores. So we have 60 stores opening the first five next month. So I'm, if we could sell, you know, 60 stores in under six months, I I'm my, my whole goal is to get up to the thousand stores. Um, so at that point, you know, if you have a thousand stores, you could potentially impact, you know, hundreds of franchisees, tens of thousands of employees, um, and hundreds of thousands of, of, of customers. So when I kind of saw that potential, I'm like, we well, need to do something more than just sell cookies. I mean, selling cookies is fun, but that's kind of when I started doing, um, exploring and, and we're in the startup process of our nonprofit, which focuses on mental health education uh, for kids. So K through 12 schools, we're building wellness rooms. So to teach kids how to you know deal with stresses and uh um, you know, coping mechanisms and things like that. So again, that, that's kind of the whole push is if you can get up to a thousand stores, what kind of change can we make in the world with that? And so anyways, that, that, that's, that's, that's what we're working on right now. And it's pretty exciting. Yeah, this is a great thing you're doing. We need companies that uh-huh. are able to do more than sell things, but also help kids or people and I am curious to know why Dirty Dough? Why did you choose this name? The, the Dirty Dough? So yeah. it was actually, um, so I was in San Diego running, a, I started a solar company out there and we were doing uh, sales and marketing for residential solar. 
And somebody posted on Facebook that he said, they said, Hey, I have, you know, a, a cookie company called dirty dough and I'm looking for investment to bring it from, you know, in my apartment, because that's what he's doing. He's selling it out of his apartment at, in, in uh, college. And I want to build an actual storefront. So I had given him some money to open up the storefront and the store opened in March of 2020. So like right when COVID happened, um, it was great timing, but a lot of it was delivery. So it did fine over COVID. And towards the end of 2020, he decided that instead of franchising it, cause I was pushing him to franchise it so I could be his first franchisee. He was just burnt out working, you know, 80, hundred hour weeks and uh, wanted to move back to Utah. Cause this was in Arizona. So he's like, you know what? I'm actually thinking about selling it. So that's I kind of got into it by accident. It was supposed to be just a passive investment. And then the opportunity came to buy it. And at that time, the solar company was going pretty well and I kind of replaced myself. So I, I wasn't really needed in that business. So I said, you know, what the heck? Let's let's give it a go. So the company was in existence already. Um, and they chose the name Dirty Dough just because it kind of rolls off your rolls off your tongue. It's a little bit unique. And there's a lot of uh, marketing things that you can you can play with. And then when I took over the company, um, I heard one of the employees tell a customer, dirty dough means the dough is dirty. So, okay, well, what does that mean? So we have our, in our cookies, like you were looking at our cookies, it all focuses on the inside of the cookie. So the dough being dirty means we have more fillings. We have more mix-ins. We have two-layer cookies. We have three-layer cookies. And then that's the messaging that we're also spreading is what's on the inside matters most. So like our tagline right now is proudly unique inside and out. And we're combating that, the stigma of, I mean, the mental health, the crisis is just crazy, especially in girls, but the, the rates of self-harm, hospitalizations and suicide have actually over doubled since social media came out. And a lot of it is I'm just a normal person, right? With my imperfections. And I'm going to compare myself to your perfect life, you know, living outside of Ibiza. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I, I'm, I'm nowhere near, you know, this other person. And the, it's just this unfair comparison. So we wanted to fight against that and say, you know, life is dirty and messy, but it's meant to be enjoyed. These cookies are dirty and messy, meant to be enjoyed. So the, I, I didn't come up with the name, but there's a lot of different things that we've implemented because I do love the name um, to, to really kind of spread the cause and, and, make us a little bit different than all the cookie companies out there. Mm -hmm. I, I really like it, Bennett. And I love cookies. And dirty cookies look amazing. I was checking your website. And how many flavors do you offer? We, so we do a weekly rotating menu. Um, so four new cookies every week. And these are giant. I mean, these cookies are a third of a pound. So they're five and a half ounces typically. And, um, yeah, we do, I don't know, maybe 65, 70 flavors is what we're rotating through quite a few. And we try to aim for at least one to, but I mean, we aim for two, but we get at least one brand new, like never release flavor per month. So you get four new cookies every week. I mean, rotating cookies. And typically one of those four has never been released. Um, so we're, we're always in the cookie development and, uh, cookie tasting, so if you ever come to Utah, we'll push you on our taste testing panel and you can try cookies. It's, it's fun. Wow. Now I have another reason to go to Utah. Yep, yep. So we do these, uh, these three layer cookies that we do. Like you look at a cookie, it'll look like a peanut butter cookie. And then you break it open. And on the inside, there's a chocolate dough. 
And in the very center, you have hot fudge coming out all over you, or you can put in like Reese's peanut butter or anyways, but those are kind of the, these three layer cookies that I'm talking about. They're, they're, they're super fun. Um, and they're fun to eat. They're really good. So, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of cookie tasting. <laughs> and uh, Bennett, do you think anybody can succeed as an entrepreneur? I think with the right uh, education, you definitely can. Um, I think a lot of people that maybe fail um, are not that they're not educated on how to do it, uh, which is which is totally fine. That's how everybody starts, right? You kind of just you're 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 seeing um, what works and how to do business and stuff. But there's so many resources out there. Um, so, like, I started a solar company. I guess we didn't really start it till till January of 2020. And um, like that was when we had our first recruit. It was me and my brother that founded the company. And then a year and a half later, I was able to sell it. Um, and that's when I dove in full time to, to Dirty Dough. So I sold it in June of 2021. And that's when I just jumped in right into Dirty Dough. And I think it was in September, there was a, there was a startup course here in Utah. It was like a three-day startup course. And I'm like, I just built and sold a company in 18 months. Like, you know, I, I probably know about this course. I don't, maybe I don't need to take it, but I'm like, no, I'm going to take it anyway. I didn't know anything. <laughs> like I got, I realized I just got lucky. So I didn't know really the fundamentals of business. I was just, you know, a little bit of YouTube here and a little bit of um, reading online articles over there. But when I actually took this course, then I started actually learning about business entities and taxation strategies and vesting periods and partnership structures. And I'm like, and, and then, you know, coming up with business models and how to test those and validate those before you bring it to the market, before you spend a lot of money. So I think, yes, it's just going to be very hard if you, uh, if you try to just jump right into it without really researching and educating yourself before you, you jump in. If you do that, you're definitely going to increase your chances for success. Yes, but I'll tell you, I'm a terrible seller. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I'm going to be able to sell things the way you sell. I I know that you were like knocking on doors. So it, this is very impressive. You are very business oriented since you were a kid. Well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, curious to see, okay, you know, how long did I knock doors for? And, and when I was doing that, it was only in the summer, you know, four, four to five months. Um, but you typically, I mean, you know, sometimes you're knocking 50 doors a day, but sometimes you're talking, you're knocking 150 and 200 doors a day. Um, and I did that for a handful of years, but anyways, I, I, I definitely knocked well over 30,000 doors. So, and most of those, you know, that, that means I've gotten a 10,000 nose, which is, which is good, right. Um, to, to be able to kind of, some people like the product or, or what you have to offer. Some don't, but it doesn't matter if they don't, right? There's always somebody else that, that may be. So kind of building up that resiliency to uh, not be afraid to get a no, because I got over 10,000 of them. <laughs> that, was, uh, uh, that was definitely beneficial before jumping into entrepreneurship to, to face a lot of rejection. And I imagine your parents, how concerned they were when you were knocked on these doors or no they were fine no my mom was like what well, you know I mean they, they thought it was definitely weird but there's a, a big a lot of people do it like this is the the door-to-door capital of the world here <laughs> like but not even joking like all the top companies 
either they're based out of Utah or it was somebody from Utah that moved somewhere else and started the company. That's just kind of the culture. But yeah, it definitely, I, I was uh, going to school for, to be a pediatrician. So I was in pre-med um, and I was uh, majoring in Spanish. I took some some Spanish classes from somebody in Spain. So anyways, learn, learn a little bit about your country, which is, it's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, when I started getting into door to door more heavily, I did, I, I didn't want to finish school. So I was only a semester away. I ended up leaving school and yeah, everybody freaked out. So instead of telling people I dropped out, I told them I was taking a break. Mm-hmm. So I'm still on that break. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, a lot of it was kind of I don't know. I guess I like to prove people wrong. You know, it's like, oh no, you, you know, you shouldn't drop out of school. You shouldn't do this or that. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can be successful without finishing that last semester of college, you know, or, or without being a pediatrician. I want to see if I can experience success in a, in a different way. And I found that through sales and then now uh, acquiring businesses and, and trying to, trying to scale them. And what advice do you have for somebody that is working for a company it's not very motivated but it is afraid to do something different yeah um i would say i mean especially if you have a family like, well, there's a lot riding on it right you don't just want to quit and then jump into something else and then putting your fi- uh, your family in a financial pickle right so um i would say there, there's there's ways that you can and, and again this is kind of the the course that i took was how to come up with good business ideas and then test those um, without spending any money on it. So it's just, you know, you're working your job, you keep your income, and then you're kind of just working on the side, developing the model, proving out the model, testing it, you know, kind of having some focus groups of friends and family of, hey, if I did XYZ product, you know, would you buy it? Would you not buy it? Why wouldn't you buy it? So I would say uh, there's a lot of things you can do before quitting your job to make when you actually do quit, if you do transition to that, um, you've already proven that model. Maybe you already have some cash flow coming in. Uh, so, so that's that's kind of what I would say is it doesn't have to be just one leap. You could kind of ease into it if you do it correctly. Yeah, exactly. We have to try before and then let's see what is going on. And Bennett, I know you have amazing goals. You want to open 1,000 franchises, is that correct, you said? Yes, yep. So what else you want to do? You're so young. I'm sure you have many plans. And please, can you share with us? Yeah, so, well, let me let me kind of expand on that one a little bit more because uh, I am, uh, I don't know, I feel like a lot of salespeople, we're, we're ADHD, you know? <laughs> we're like, we focus really heavily on one thing and then... Um, and then anyways, I have a lot of little sub goals, but my, my biggest goal is if, if I get there, I kind of outlined it before, but I have three customers I could potentially serve. I can have, I could potentially serve my franchisees, my employees, and then the end consumer. So the franchisees, what we've done with our model is we've centralized all of our production to come out of one retail facility or one uh, like warehouse production facility. And we're shipping out these pre-portioned cookie dough balls or cookie dough pucks to each of the stores. So all of these, these stores, all they have to do is get these cookies and put them, you know, on a pan and put them in the oven. So they don't have to buy ingredients. They don't have to mix any ingredients. They don't have to weigh anything. There's no really way to mess it up. So I've developed this model to be very low cost, not only to start, but also ongoing. Cause we're, I mean, 
we can operate out of 700 square feet. So your cost and your overhead on that, you know, we have one or two employees at a time. So that first customer that I have serving franchisees, my goal in doing that is providing them the most simple and like the, this, the, by far the simplest food franchise concept there is trying to lower that barrier to entry really for those people that you're talking about. What if they have something else? They're not really inspired, but they're too scared to jump into business. Well, a franchise is a great opportunity because you already have a game plan. And what I'm trying to build with this franchise is really, you don't have to be a cookie baker. Like I've, I've still never mixed any cookies. I don't know how to do it. Um, but I, I don't need to know how to do it. <laughs> right. I could, I could run the store without learning all of that. And that's how it's been built. So I'm trying to provide a model to these franchisees that's generational wealth that can be, you know, weather the storms that's profitable at low sales. Um, there's another cookie company called Mrs. Fields cookies, and they've been around for 40 years. So they've, uh, you know, that that's cool. You know, what if 40 years ago, you bought a franchise 40 years later, now your kids are running it and it's bringing wealth to them. Anyways, that's how I'm serving the first customer. Our second customers are employees and the employees are franchisees. So if we have a thousand stores, that's about 20,000 employees. And most of these are girls, females, 16 to 22 years old. That's who works at a cookie store. So man, what, what a better, is there a better opportunity to be able to make change in the world in regards to mental health than with that demographic? So we have found, anyways, as a corporate uh, entity, we pay for a life guidance uh, or coaching program for all of our employees. And we fund it at a corporate level for all the employees, for our franchisees. And what it is, there's, I mean, more than 50 options. And they pair you up with somebody that have, that's gone through similar life experiences, whether that be um, you know, financial stress or reaching your peak performance, or if you want to get into meditation or mindfulness or happiness mindset, or if you're having, you know, you're, you're a single parent or you're going through a divorce or there's just so many different things. And then of course, like stress, anxiety, and they just pair you up with somebody and you get unlimited coaching calls a month to go and, you know, talk with somebody that's been through that. So I'm pretty excited about that. I think that's a big need to give to the, the youth, especially again, you know, girls between 16 and 22. And then that end consumer, our, my third customer or the third person I can potentially affect is um, who, whoever is buying our cookies and their local communities. So we, as a, the nonprofit, we call these schools and we say, "What? remind me what part of Florida you live in? Uh, in Orlando. In Orlando. So if you're in Orlando, you know, we'd call you up and say, hey, Orlando High School has a, a room um, that they want to convert to a wellness room. They just need some help doing so. So we have a full program to do that and we fund it. So it's like, Hey, as the franchisee, can you put in a few thousand dollars? We'll put in a few thousand dollars. We're going to raise a few thousand dollars in the community. And we're going to turn this room into a wellness center where kids can come in and learn these uh, like mental health techniques of the, the mindfulness or guided meditation or breathing exercises, um, things like that, that they can, come into this room for, you know, five to 15 minutes and learn some skills and then get back out there and, and kind of be able to apply those to the stressors that they are going to experience. So we hope to build, I mean, if we have a thousand stores open, we'll, we'll build one to two uh, wellness rooms per franchise that we open. So we, we can have thousands of those open as well, which I'm pretty excited about because that has the potential to really make an impact uh, in a lot of kids' lives. So 
kind of excited about that. And then I also just explain a little bit about the messaging, right? Just giving off the messaging of what's on the inside matters most kind of, um, I don't know. I just, I just wish I would have learned that and focused on that a little bit more when I was, when I was a kid. Cause I, you know, I'm always focused on whatever everybody else thinks. <laughs> so trying, trying to change that a little bit. Ben, it's, I just love the philosophy of your company and it will make a big impact. I, I'm super happy and to be talking with you here today. I wish we could talk more. So you are <laughs> always welcome to the RV. I will always be happy to go to Utah. And how can we find you online? Yeah, my, my website, it's bennettmaxwell.com, B-E-N-N-E-T-T, and Maxwell's M-A-X-W-E-L-L. And you can follow me on social media. I try to uh, stay pretty active, you know, post something every day on Instagram or uh, LinkedIn or Facebook, things like that. Oh, wonderful. So thank you. Thank you very much, Bennett. And another yeah, question, are you opening a franchise in Spain? We, we, we haven't looked internationally yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll need to get there soon. <laughs> we need to talk about it. Yeah, give us a few years and, and, we'll, and we need to be in Spain. Okay, great. So thank you very much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.